This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm Josh Newberg, and I've got Zach Blostein here with me. It's just the two of us today. Um, We're going to get you guys caught up on FSU's end of July recruiting event and hit on a few topics before we get out of here and let you guys enjoy your Saturday. Zach, it's it's early on Saturday morning. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it's already been busy over at Knowles 24-7. Um, we'll get we'll get into that, but it's just, you know, it's been it's it's good getting back into the swing of things for for this final week of July um before things, you know, shut down with recruiting again. Yeah, the dead period ends tomorrow on on Sunday. July 25th, it opens back up for one week. And FSU is set to host about 30 to 40 prospects on campus uh, starting tomorrow. I'm expecting recruits to arrive around 9 a.m. They're going to do some sort of workout on the field. We've we've learned it's going to take place around 11 a.m., noon, sometime midday. Um, I'm told there's going to be a visit slash kind of hangout portion in the afternoon. Not exactly sure if they're going to do a cookout or what the afternoon's going to be involved around, but Knowles 24-7 will be there, so you guys will be kept up to date on everything that's taking place tomorrow. Um, Zach, you hit on it on the intro, but you added a bunch of names. We've had a running list up on Knowles 24-7 for a few days now, but this morning, you dropped some big names. Tell us, tell us what's, go- what's happening. Yeah, well, I think the most pressing name, um, even though he might not be like the highest ranked guy that I that I added, was defensive tackle Daniel Lyons out of Homestead, Florida. You know, we talked about I think a couple pods ago, just about how the defensive tackle you know room for for that for that uh, group in in, in the twenty twenty two recruiting class, um, the board for that for that group is not you know looking too hot. Um, but Daniel Lyons is is definitely one of their top targets. And I think I mentioned his name on the last podcast. So getting him on campus is big for Odell Hagens as he tries to, you know, get land a a, a, a pretty impressive uh, defensive tackle uh, group w- w- alongside current Florida State commit Bishop Thomas. Um, but a lot, w- along with Daniel Lyons, I added a couple other guys. Ty Lockwood is a tight end. Um uh, yeah, baby, bring in the tight ends. Yeah, got to for, for Mr. Newberg over here. Um, top 100 tight end out of Tennessee. Uh, he's actually friends with uh, new Florida State quarterback commit Chris Parson. Um, Parson actually mentioned him when I talked to him. So um, cool that he's visiting. Uh, pretty impressive 6'5", 225 prospect Damn. out of uh, Independence, um, Tennessee. And then there's a couple other guys. You guys can go over to Knowles 24-7. A couple other talent, talented prospects going to make it in. The whole list is updated um, on the site. So th- there's definitely a lot of guys. And there's still, still some guys out there that we're you know, working to confirm if they're, if they're going to make it in. And 
um, still some big, big fish out there that, that could possibly make it in. Yeah. Uh, for, and for you added one five-star prospect DB Cormani McLean, 2023 from Lake Gibson. He's a guy that I crystal balled to FSU, I think back in April or May. Um, was he on campus in June or will this be his first return trip since he was here in the spring? No, he was on campus in June. Um, I forget which day, but he, he did make it in for a couple of hours. I think it was for one of one of the camp days. I mean, that, wow. that was so like pretty much every so day. But. This will be Cormani McLean, five-star DB, third visit to Florida State this offseason. Yep. That's a great look for FSU <laughs> as they look to lock him down. And, of course, he's teammates with Sam McCall. Um, Sam McCall, five-star DB, will be in attendance, as will five-star DB Travis Hunter. So there's your star power. Um, some other guys that we've been talking about, you had already had them on the list, but um, FSU has two big-time offensive line targets coming to, coming to town this week. They have Eston Harris Jr., who we've been talking about a lot this summer. It seems like he's become a priority for the staff. And, of course, the big dog, Elijah Pritchett, coming back. How many visits is this for Pritchett? I've lost count, Zach. I think it was at least two in June. Um, definitely for the official visit to start the month. And then he came back for the big man camp a couple of days later. I don't remember. I don't think he actually made it back to Florida State in June. So this would be his third visit of the summer. Of the summer. And these are all unofficial visits. So FSU still has that ace up there. Or did he take his official in the in no, he early took his, he, he took, took his, his official, yeah. Okay. So he took his official. Um, as far as a lot, well, let's go back to Eston Harris real quick. Um, he has a great relationship with FSU offensive line coach Alex Atkins. We've seen him on, on campus a couple of times. Zach, where do you see Eston Harris on the board for FSU when it comes to offensive linemen? I think he's up there. Like, I, I think he's a tackle prospect that they really like. And I think that there's a lot of reciprocal interest. Um, he's getting a lot of attention from, you know, other schools. Uh, I think Florida just offered at the end of June. Right. He'll be over there this, this coming week um, after visiting Florida State. Um, but I think, you know, Essen Harris is kind of a stock up guy for a lot of colleges. And I think Florida State has done a great job. They kind of got him, they got him in on an unofficial in June, but it almost felt like an official visit, just the way his, his schedule was lined up um, with, with how many days he was on campus. I think it was like two or three days. And then he was kind of just doing, you know, not official visit things, but, you know, kind of following that kind of schedule. So they, they got him on, on like a, 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 a kind of an official visit already. Um, he has an official visit scheduled to Florida State for the the Notre Dame opener on September 5th. Um, so getting him on campus in July is big. And then obviously they've got some numbers to work out on the, on the offensive line board, which is something I haven't ever seen um, covering Florida State uh, in what I've been here three years or so. Um, I haven't seen, you know, a board like this on the offensive line in, you know, forever yeah, i've so. been here a lot longer than you and i've only seen it like once but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we're going to get more into the offensive line board and kind of dig deeper when we talk about some upcoming commitments but just to wrap up some of the other 2022 prospects that plan to be on campus they're mostly commitments right now um we have maybe a, a, a target or two out there that we haven't confirmed yet that might show up that would surprise some people so but among the uh, commitments that will be in town, FSU wide receiver commit Devon Mortimer out of Fort Lauderdale. He's going to be at FSU tomorrow. Um, Brian Courtney, three-star tight end out of Virginia, will be in town. Quayshon Sapp, newly committed offensive lineman. Uh, we're expecting Travion Williams, 
FSU edge rusher to be on campus. We're going to talk about him in a minute. And Aaron Hester, three-star defensive line commitment for FSU to go along with Sam McCall and Travis Hunter. Now, it's always fun to have um, Travis Hunter at these events. Not only will he be there to work out with his future coaches, but he's also a great recruiter, probably one of FSU's best. So he'll definitely be out there doing his work. Um, speaking of commitments, Zach, we have a big commitment coming up tomorrow, and it's not related to the camp, but Daughtry Richardson, Miami Central, four-star offensive tackle, um, is going to set is going to be set to make his. I'm sorry, three-star offensive tackle is set to make his decision tomorrow. This has been uh, set in for about five weeks now. He's he's had this date set. There's been some Kentucky rumors. What's going on? What's the latest with Daughtry Richardson when we're about 24 hours out from his commitment? Yeah, well, to address the Kentucky rumors first, I think those were very legitimate. Um, I think Kentucky made a move kind of towards the middle of the month. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, what the the case was, why, you know, Daughtry w w was listening. Because I, I before the month, I you know, I, I kind of viewed Daughtry as almost not a lock, but just, you know, very confident that Florida State would land him. Um, it, it was interesting that, to see Kentucky, you know, Miami was also involved, but Kentucky was the school that was mentioned most. And I do think those those rumors um, and, and all that were true. I think Daughtry was entertaining Kentucky. Um, until recently, I, I think, you know, he got on the phone with Florida State staff and they kind of squared things away. And I, I'm still, you know, confident on, on my prediction that I've had in since, you know, who, who knows how long, probably March or something like that with Dodgers since, you know, Alex Atkins has been building that relationship forever. So um, I expect Florida State tomorrow. It would, it would shock me if, if it wasn't FSU. Um, but I definitely do think it was interesting to see, you know, Kentucky kind of try to make a late run at Dodger Richardson. Yeah, Zach, you put your crystal ball in on March 10. Okay. I put mine in on February 9th. Oh, uh, okay, bud. <laughs> So it does look like, and Daughtry Richardson, um, he took his official visits during the summer. And his final official visit was to Miami. So coming off of his final official to Miami, all, I think there's eight crystal ball picks or there's six crystal ball picks. They, they're all in favor of FSU. So it does look like Mike Norvell will once again stuff Manny Diaz in a locker go down into Miami and take one of the best offensive tackles in the 305 and bring him to Tallahassee. We expect that to happen tomorrow. That'll be fun. Um, but before we move on, I want to talk about one more visitor. Uh, the number one Juco cornerback in the country is visiting FSU, Zach. Yeah. Um, kind of confirmed that yesterday and, and waited to, to this morning to report it, but big news. Um, he's actually a Mississippi state commitment. Um, De Carlos Nicholson. Yeah, De Carlos Nicholson. Um, he uh, started at I think Pet. I don't know how to pronounce it. Those Mississippi schools are are crazy. Yeah. But um, he's at uh, what's the? Juvenile he's at college? Mississippi Gulf Coast Community yeah. College right yeah. now. He In, started at Petal. Twenty twenty two prospect. Yeah, um, he's got the, the thing that stands out to me the most with him is that he's got really intriguing size. Six foot three, two hundred pounds. He started off as a dual threat quarterback out of high school, played his freshman year at the JUCO as a as a quarterback. Still, um, when he when he transitioned to defensive back, that's when his recruitment kind of started to take off. 
Um, 24-7 Sports did a ranking on him kind of in the middle of the month of July. He committed to Mississippi State um, in early July after visiting uh, in June. But, you know, 24-7 Sports has him ranked as a number five prospect nationally in the composite JUCO rankings Mm -hmm. and the number one cornerback in the the country. So pretty impressive there. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see how how he looks, you know, if he he does indeed work out for, you know, Marcus Woodson and, and the FSU staff. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that's kind of the final piece that we see um, in this 2022 defensive back class that's already so it, started with Hunter and McCall. It would be an interesting move um, bringing in a JUCO because that's not exactly like bringing in a 2022. You're actually, it's more like supplementing the 2020 class yeah. when you bring in a JUCO corner like that. But um, he does have great measurables. And like you said, a, a super athlete was a dual threat quarterback just a couple years ago and now he's six foot three 200 pounds um he has picked up some offers uh Ole Miss Baylor Kentucky and others so we'll see what happens do you think that if FSU if things check out and FSU is interested we see him back on an official visit because this is an unofficial yeah um I think so like he's a 2022 so he's got until you know the rest of these 2022s have to Mm -hmm. decide so probably February or, you know, at the latest. Nah, he'll probably be a January enrollee. Yeah, true. The JUCOs kind of decide then. But, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, if FSU likes him, there's no, you know, no reason to me that they wouldn't go in, um, especially with, like, you got Earl Little tra- trending to Alabama, um, Dalen Everett committed to Clemson. So those are kind of the top dogs on the DB board, and they're kind of starting to fall off the board um, to, to some of those bigger schools, um, mm-hmm. as we expected. But, Florida State needs to find, you know, kind of that final piece for that room. So I think he, if he impresses, um, he could be that final piece. So we'll see. All right, moving back to the offensive line board for a second. Florida State currently has four commitments on the offensive line. Antavius Woody out of Alabama, Quayshon Sapp out of Georgia, Alu Ba, who's from IMG Academy, and then you got Kanaya Charlton out of Georgia. We spoke about Elijah Pritchett being on campus this weekend. Big deal. We talked about Eston Harris being on campus this weekend. Another big deal. Florida State will see what happens with Jalen Early, the offensive tackle out of Texas. He is set to make his decision. Is it on August 2nd? Yeah, August 2nd. August 2nd. We believe he's a take for FSU, correct? Yes. We both have him crystal balled to FSU, correct? Yep. Okay. Another big-time target on FSU's board, Emory Jones. He's going to make his decision on July 30th. We think he's going to LSU. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay, I, that's I spoke for crystal you. Ball no. is. My bad. You're good. But we think he's going to LSU. So that leaves a couple other big targets still floating out there as well. You have Julian Armella. And who else am I missing? Am I missing one have, more? I mean, we just mentioned Daughtry Richardson, but he's, you know, obviously committing. So yeah, yeah. Well, spot. you got Daughtry. So then you also have Julian Armella floating out there who who made it to Midnight Madness and we consider a, you know, a legitimate target for Florida State. So they have four commitments. They have probably four guys out there that they would take. Uh, we're, we're banking on Daughtry Richardson committing to FSU tomorrow to make five. What do you what do you think the the board looks like 
for FSU heading into the fall? Is FSU done at offensive line or how do you, how do you see things shaking out? So interesting. Well, I think they definitely have, so let's say Daughtry Richardson and Jalen early commit. That's kind of the, you know, the foundation of the line or, or, you know, I think they'd be fine signing that class, right? Like that class is. Yeah. Is, six, six guys, a bunch of offensive tackles and a bunch of versatile interior offensive linemen. Yeah. And that they're, they're all, you know, they all are, are talented in their own ways. And I think like compared to what Florida state's landed in the past, like these bodies and, and the talent they they can um, produce in the future is pretty impressive. So I don't think this offensive line class, if it ended with Jalen early would be disappointing. Um, but I don't think Florida state's going to stop recruiting Elijah Pritchett or, or Julian Armella um, or maybe even Essen Harris. Um, I, I think they, they continue to do it because, you know, We've said forever that Florida State needs a prototypical, um, you know, left tackle prospect. And mm -hmm. Dr. Richardson is like, in my opinion, almost that. Um, he's got he's got a nice frame on him. For, uh, if you want to, you know, put him at six four two eighty five. Yeah, and, and we saw. I saw him in person. Or I've seen him in person multiple times. I went down to Miami Central when he when he was there for spring practice, and then I saw him on his official visit. I know Florida State's impre was impressed with his size after seeing him in person for the first time. Um, but yeah, I, I, in my opinion, you, you, you don't stop recruiting Elijah Pritchett, um, obviously with, with just his talent and then Julian Armella, um, as a legacy guy, as well as just, you know, the talent that he possesses, you, I, I don't view them just being done with the offensive line. If they land those two guys, uh, coming up, what do you think? Yeah, I think it, I think, I think load up. Um, I think take no hesitation. If these guys want to come, they're quality offensive linemen, take them. I, what I'm getting at is I'm close to putting in a crystal ball for Elijah Pritchett to FSU. Wow. Yeah. Get a show pick? No, it's not going to be a show pick. I'm going to wait and see what happens this weekend with everything. Um, I just think that if you follow, you know, follow the visits isn't everything, but it does mean something. Um, I put weight into it because it shows interest. It shows, uh, you know, where these high school kids are, they're generally lazy and, and they don't, they don't go to schools they're not interested in. So the fact that Dodger, or, uh, Elijah Pritchett is showing up over and over again to FSU, it means something, but Carver high school, Columbus, Georgia, it's not that far from Tallahassee. So you got to kind of take it all into account, but I've been checking with Alabama sources and I believe there's still a spot for Elijah Pritchett at Alabama and they're still recruiting him, but I just don't know. I just don't know if, if he's that interested in Alabama because I think he would show up at Alabama more. Um, going to talk to Elijah Pritchett this weekend. We'll see. Stay tuned. I might drop a crystal ball this weekend. Ooh. Do you have a pick in for, for Pritchett? I don't think so. I think Brendan was the one that was the brave soldier that put in a Florida state pick before anyone. Um, I think it's, it's Alabama and Florida state on this crystal ball. Right. Okay. Um, so a lot of offensive line stuff going on, but it's all good news. These are all great problems for Florida state to be in. Um, speaking of another problem, maybe um, there's been a lot of buzz around Mississippi defensive end commitment, Travion Williams, the six foot four, 250 pound freak of a defensive end um, is, is still being recruited by Mississippi state and Ole Miss. That's no shock. He's, he's the best, one of the best players in that region. And FSU went into Mississippi and got his commitment. Um, Zach, 
He's expected to be in this weekend, but what are you hearing on Travion Williams? Should we be concerned? Um, I'm not overly concerned. Uh, I think Florida State, you know, landing any kid from Mississippi that's talented, you that comes with the, you know, the, the notion that Ole Miss and Mississippi State aren't going to stop recruiting the kid, um, especially if he's, you know, as talented as Trevion Williams. Um, but, but I think him coming back to Florida State on his own dime for an unofficial visit um, tomorrow will be big. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, like, Trevion Williams visited both Mississippi State and Ole Miss in June, if, if, I, if I do remember correctly. And then he visited Florida State and committed there. So, like, he knows what those other two schools have to offer. Obviously, Florida State and all the all these other schools have to go through a twenty, uh, you know, th- this upcoming season, right? So, right, it, it, there's the product on the field that you know could be worrisome if, if Florida State if things get out of hand, right? Like we've seen in the past, um, you know, the class can fall apart if they don't produce on the field well enough. And I think that would be the only thing that would worry me. Um, and then another thing is like Florida State already used their official visit to to land him, so getting him back uh, again and again would have to be on his own dime. Um, but we'll, we'll talk to him on, on Sunday and just see where his head's at and, and you know, kind of ask about some of these rumors that have been coming up about Ole Miss and Mississippi State still being like very heavily on his mind. So in, in my in my eyes, I'm not too worried, but the, the, you, you never, you know, count yeah. out those in-state schools. It comes me. with the territory when you recruit Mississippi, Louisiana. Um, it... it there's a big pull for those kids to stay home. A lot of them are loyal to the in-state Mississippi schools, but Travion Williams really connected with Jerry and Jones and Fabian Lovett during his visit to FSU and had some great conversations with those guys about leaving the state of Mississippi. And I think that made him comfortable committing to FSU. So like you said, if he's back on campus this weekend, talking with those guys again, getting reacquainted with the FSU staff, I really like that move heading into the season for FSU. Speaking yeah. of moves that I like for Florida State, um, Brendan and Chris hit on this on their podcast that they dropped from North Carolina ACC Media Days, but we're going to talk about it again. 2023 Brentwood, Tennessee, three-star quarterback Chris Parson committed to FSU this week. Um, FSU gets their 2023 quarterback, the first one in that class. Zach, you spoke to Chris Parson uh, yesterday. How is he feeling coming off of his commitment to FSU? Yeah, he was super excited. Um, I, I was impressed talking to him. We talked for like 15 minutes on record. Um, the whole story is on those 24 seven. It was like a Q, I made it in a Q and a format. So it's pretty easy to read if you guys want to go check that out. But, um, you know, I asked him kind of just the basics after commitment, like, um, you know, what's the next step? And he, he kind of, you know, mentioned that he's going to be kind of a recruiter for Florida State. Um, that's important to him. Uh, he gave a couple names out. Jalen Early, him and Jalen Early actually played at Duncanville High School. Um, when he was a freshman, he played with Jalen Early over there in Texas. He's over in, in, in Tennessee now playing high school there. So um, he, he mentioned Santana Fleming, who's a 2023 receiver that Florida State's heavily after, then Ty Lockwood we mentioned earlier the tight end out of Tennessee was another guy that he's been texting with um, already after only being committed for a couple of days now. So um, the, the full story is on those 24 seven. He gave a lot of insight onto what went into his decision. Um, you know, he had a lot of other schools involved, but Florida State kind of 
um, after developing a relationship for multiple months, ma made that offer, uh, scholarship offer to him in the middle of June. And it only took, you know, a, a month later for him to decide to, to call FSU home. So yeah. good story over there on Knowles 24-7 with Chris, new FSU quarterback commit, Chris Parson. Yeah. Good stuff, Zach. You guys should go check that out. Get to know Chris Parson. Not only is Chris Parson going to be a, a great player, he'll probably – his three-star ranking will probably improve, I would expect, over over time. But I think he's going to be a great recruiter for for this class, for the 2023 class. You know, Travis Hunter holding it down in 2022. It could be Chris Parson doing the same thing in 2023. So we will see. Before we get out of here, how can we not talk about the conference changes that are occurring right in front of our face? Um, I'm sure Brendan and Chris will get on with much more informed takes the next time we sit down to pod. But uh, Zach, did you see some of this? And I wondered, like, do they talk about this? Are, are kids talking about this on campus at Florida State students? Or yeah. does this not matter? I actually saw it in one of my um, like class group chats. Like someone posted the screenshot of, uh, I think it was a Barstool um, you know, reporter putting out something about how Florida State's being in, in, in talks with the SEC about po potentially moving there and, and being part of that mega conference or whatever they're, they're you know, coming up with. So um, I, I think people are definitely buzzing about it here at, over at FSU. If you don't know what we're talking about and you've been living under a rock, on Wednesday, the Houston Chronicle dropped kind of a bombshell because it came out of nowhere for me, at least. I didn't see this coming. Uh, but the University of Texas and Oklahoma U University are planning on leaving the Big 12 and heading to the SEC, um, most likely by 2025. So immediately, you know, I think, what does this mean for the ACC? And more importantly, what does this mean for FSU? Um, me personally... I think FSU needs to be proactive rather than reactive in a situation like this. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the Knowles 24-7 group chat when it was going down. And I, I mean, if you're, if you're the ACC, you can add teams. You know, that's probably what they're going to try to do. And I think a lot of FSU fans want to see FSU maybe add teams. I think there's definitely a, a sector of FSU fans that don't want to leave the SEC, the ACC for any program, um, for any other conference. But what are FSU? What are the ACC's options? I mean, I think that they could potentially add maybe a Notre Dame, but from there you're looking at mid-tier Big Twelve and AAC teams that you're going to add. And I think that's just kind of a short-term solution um zach from your perspective do you think fsu is gonna do you think the acc is gonna be where fsu stays long term or what do you what do you think happens here i think just based on history like i i'm pretty sure that you know i i think they'll stay with the acc um even though i think they i think i think they'd prefer to leave to the sec honestly like florida state itself um but I just I don't view that happening just with with how this conference you know works. Um, in my opinion, I I think they should try and get out because um, you don't want to be like left out of that. If 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 that that mega conference does happen, I mean it's already in the works with those two Big Twelve powerhouses going over there. But if you get left out of that um, with all that money involved and just you know what that means for recruiting and just all that kind of stuff, it it 
it would just not be good. Like, I, I don't think the ACC can, can compete with what the SEC um, can possibly create with, with the schools that are interested in, in moving over there. Um, and I think Texas and Oklahoma kind of could start a, a flurry of just moves all around the country. I mean, we've already seen it. Um, I think Kansas was talking with the Big Ten. Like, there's just so many. Right. I think you got to take the names off the conferences moving forward. If you're a fan and you're you're concerned about, oh, I don't want FSU moving to the Big Ten or I don't want FSU moving to the SEC because I think this thing is heading to two mega conferences. And I don't mean like in the next three to five years. I mean, maybe in like the next 10 to 15 years. I think eventually we're going to have two mega conferences. Already the SEC is positioning themselves to be the premier mega conference. Now the second mega conference, I don't ever think is going to be the ACC. I think FSU's best bet long, long term would be to find a dancing partner like Clemson and maybe a Notre Dame and head to the Big Ten. Then if you can take Clemson, Notre Dame, and FSU to the Big Ten and mix – and again, take the names off the conferences. Just, just don't even worry about that for now. Then you have Ohio State. You have Michigan. You have Penn State. You have FSU. You have Clemson. And you have um, you know, a bunch of talented teams, much more talented than you had with the ACC. And, so, and you have enough firepower there to directly compete with the SEC or whatever that conference is going to be called long-term. I just don't know if FSU can, can, can sit still and be reactive to all this. I, I worry about FSU's leadership as well. You know, are they in a position for, with the people in charge to make big time decisions that are going to impact this program for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years? You know, it's a transitioning leadership um, built with a lot of great men. I just don't know what position or what type of power they have in in making these major decisions for the university. It's a, uh, it's definitely a a changing time for, for college football. Do you feel that Zach? Do you feel like college football is changing? Yeah. I think yesterday was, was crazy. Like I I think it's like going to change college football forever. Just how, like I, I just didn't see it coming. Like that was so surprising to me to see that that news of not only they were leaving the Big Twelve, but they were both trying to head to the SEC. And there was just so much that like just went behind it. Like about how they kind of left Texas A and M like out of discussions. Like I, it, it was just crazy. All that reporting that was going on. I, but but I think it's it's almost a little exciting. Like just just seeing all this stuff happen. Just because I feel like we haven't had one of these like um, big conference movers uh, in, in a while. Um, mm-hmm. where, where, you know, the, the hierarchy of, of conferences kind of changes, um, you know, obviously the SEC is still on top and they're going to, it's going to remain that way, whatever they're called in the future. But I'm definitely just intrigued with how this is all going to play out over, you know, the next couple of months and then just in the following years, because I think this is not going to um, be something that happens, you know, immediately. Right. And I'm heading up to Tallahassee today. Um, the And the, what I just said, if you guys want to kill me for that take about FSU should leave the ACC. Go ahead. That's just my thoughts. I want to get up to Tallahassee today and talk with you know some of these coaches and, and some of the people up there and, and see what they're thinking, see if, if they have a differing opinion. I want to get back on this podcast uh, with Zach and Chris and Brendan and the whole crew early next week and really talk more about it and talk about what FSU should do. But those are just my initial impressions on getting caught off guard just like you. And 
I have no inside intel. Uh, those are just my initial thoughts on this. So we'll see if things change when we sit down in a couple of days with the whole crew and discuss this at length. Uh, Zach, I will be up in Tallahassee tonight. We will be covering camp all day tomorrow. Get your rest tonight, okay? I need you at full strength tomorrow. Will do. Safe travel. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We are on the bench, and we will be back soon. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.